You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Check out my start sitcom, The Decider. You can also look at our sleepers and bust picks as a staff, as well as a breakdown of the Giants-Washington game in detail there, betting and fantasy that you can check out. We broke that game down for you, as well as seven of the earlier games there in week number two on Matchup Wednesday. Now it's Matchup Thursday time. So we're going to look at the back half of the games here on the show. Break them down in depth for you here. So you know uh, where you want to go with your fantasy football season-long lineups. And then tomorrow, don't forget, we'll close the week, put it all in a blender, and give you the best advice targets there across positions you need to look at on DFS games from DraftKings to FanDuel. So we'll have a comprehensive end to the week here and also give you injury updates as we go along. But before we dive into the fun of today's show, I have to remind you about the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. Relaunching September 20th with a brand new host, Eric Crocker brings the player scouting. Ryan Tracy brings the analytics. Follow the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's uh, dive right in here and pick up where we left off. Uh, we have the Saints-Panthers games, the next on our docket here. The Saints are three-and-a-half-point road favorites here. It's 44-and-a-half uh, is the point total, so we'll use those to help us to kind of see where we want to go in this game. The Saints were actually on the road last week, but it was a home game in Jacksonville. They crushed it against Green Bay. So what will you get for an anchor for Jameis Winston will be an anchor or an encore. We'll see here. But with Winston, I think you look at what happened last week. They were dominant in the running game. There wasn't a high volume there in the passing game. They won. Winston had the five touchdowns. So a touchdown-dependent quarterback, yeah, you can get to that point, certainly in fantasy football. And Jameis Winston was a guy, high volume, threw for a lot of yards in the Tampa offense, but had the interceptions and the touchdowns. It was good that he cut down on the touchdowns, or the interceptions. He was very efficient there, but I, I think the touchdowns are going to go down this week. I just don't see it with that volume. That's going to be a run-heavy approach again for the Saints offense. That's where they need to go. And the Panthers' defense showed something last week. Got after it up front. I know the Jets' offensive line not nearly at the same level as the Saints' offensive line. So you're going to see them run it pretty effectively. That's what you can do on the Panthers. You can run. The Jets were not able to do that, but... They're going to have feed a lot of Alvin Kamara in this game. Tony Jones Jr. as well. That's why they liked him. He has upside behind Kamara versus what Latavius Murray gave them at more expensive price. So here, I think they'll stay grounded. Am I going to rush to play Juwan Johnson here, hoping that he can recreate the low-volume touchdowns from last week just like Winston? No, I'm not. So not looking at Marcus Callaway. I think I can do a lot better than that at wide receiver this week. Callaway just a blip there in the game plan for them. You're not looking at Chris Hogan or any of these complimentary receivers who showed up in that game. So this is an Alvin Kamara game for sure. I think he could be the highest scoring running back outside of the Cleveland potential for Nick Chubb this week. So Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, pretty good duel on the ground there. So I'm looking at 
playing Kamara from the Saints, and that's pretty much it this week. And their defense, you can cer- you can certainly look at them. Sam Darnold, I think he's maybe this year's Jameis Winston. We're going to see some volume and some big mistakes at times here from Sam Darnold. So, yeah, Saints defense, Saints running game, that's where I want to attach myself to this week. Jones, you can start looking at if he's going to get that kind of usage there behind Kamara as a flex play in deeper leagues for sure, especially in the standard leaning variety. Now for the Panthers, Christian McCaffrey locked and loaded. Pretty big game there returning from the injuries. He looked healthy, most important there last week. He didn't get in the end zone, but plenty of yardage, 187 from scrimmage and uh, usual usage of McCaffrey. That's not going to change here in this matchup. Don't uh, follow what happened with Aaron Jones. That was just a clunker of a Packers game plan. McCaffrey's always going to get his, especially at home, and you're going to see that here in this game now can you go elsewhere too much dj moore back to that consistent usage there robbie anderson he had the long touchdown last week the Saints secondary will be without marshawn Lattimore. he's dealing with a thumb injury so that helps a little bit for these receivers if you need robbie anderson you look at him if you got an alternative i think you can pivot away from him as a wide receiver three or flex i think dj moore plug and play he's not always going to excite you but he can deliver what you need as a wide receiver two or three borderline uh, based on his volume you're not extending beyond that. So McCaffrey and Moore is where I'm going. If you need the Panthers' defense, Jameis Winston, maybe you'll see some of the old Jameis Winston turn it over, but I would maybe go in a different direction there. So yeah, the running game is going to be a big part. Running game and defense uh, there for the Saints with Kamara Jones and their playmakers with the pass rush and secondary for the Panthers. You're just looking at McCaffrey and Moore this week. All right, let's flip over to the Broncos-Jaguars game. Two teams in opposite directions here from week one. Broncos win in very impressive 27-13 win at the Giants. You have the Jaguars, really bad clunker in Houston. They're five-and-a-half point underdogs at home here. 45.5 is the point total, so not expecting necessarily a lot here with these uh, offenses and uh, one really good defense in the Broncos, so... Let's start with the Broncos. Uh, Melvin Gordon looks to be the man right now. I know the touches were pretty equal between him and the rookie Javonta Williams, but they're going to trust Melvin Gordon early. We figured this might happen. He's a veteran. He's been productive for Vic Fangio and this offense, so they're going to lean on him a little bit more. Williams still getting used to the NFL. At some point, there will be a backfield takeover. At some point, Melvin Gordon's probably going to break down as well. It's going to open the door, but right now, Melvin Gordon looks good. Reeled off that long touchdown run, so he's a good value in uh, DFS this week as has a strong RB2 value at the worst. And this matchup is really good, given what Mark Ingram did to the Jaguars last week. So you're going to get a solid game from Gordon. I think I would hit maybe the pause button on Williams, uh, just not knowing what his usage is. He he could definitely have a complimentary role here where he busts through and uh, has his first touchdown and has a pretty good yardage day. But we want to see it before we believe it here. So Melvin Gordon's where you're going in Sproncos' backfield. No Jerry Judy. We know he's out for a while with a high ankle sprain, so you can look at Tim Patrick. He's the seamless replacement. K.J. Hamler is a big play threat inside and outside as a third receiver, but Tim Patrick seemed to kind of fill that Judy role. He did score last week, has a connection with uh, Patrick. With uh, Cortland Sutton, use him at your own risk. This is a good matchup in general facing the Jaguar secondary, but Sutton just didn't look right with the knee, I don't think. The connection right there is not there right now with Teddy Bridgewater. So if you need to bench the Cortland Sutton and take a wait-and-see approach with him as well, even with his matchup being good, I can uh, totally recommend that this week here. I think it'll be more what you see with uh, Patrick and 
Hamler, the way they use them, uh, given the way Brandon Cooks and uh, Danny Amendola really produced for the Texans, I think it's those type of receivers who are going to get the job done versus Sutton in this game. And you're not going to have a lot of throwing. Teddy Bridgewater is more of a caretaker. He's going to be careful. Maybe gets to the 215-2 mark once again. Noah Fant has another good matchup. He looked pretty good. He had Albert Okugunum also a tight end be productive. So hopefully he's not going to pill for a lot of touchdowns there in general. But... Noah Fant, Tim Patrick, if you need a Hamler in a deeper PPR type format, you can go with him. I would pivot away from Sutton, go with Gordon, not Williams, and the Broncos defense, Von Miller and company. Miller, two sacks in his return last week, and he'll get after it. Uh, we know we'll get some mistakes from Trevor Lawrence, some more mistakes, and potential for another big multiple sack game here for Denver. All right, let's go to the Jaguars. Uh, not much I like here this week. I, I can't recommend too much here. James Robinson, they said they're going to overcorrect the 51 passes from week one, so we're going to trust them. We are just going to trust that they believe Robinson is still better than Carlos Hyde. I think last week Hyde got more work in the end because they were just mopping up. The game was out of hand, being careful with Robinson. So Robinson was the pass catcher replacement there for Travis Etienne, so he has that. So you have some check downs against his pass rush because it's going to be hard to hold on the ball with the ball downfield. So not a fan of looking at these guys, uh, DJ Chark and uh, Marvin Jones here, uh, LaVisca Chenault, uh, I know that uh, the rookie Patrick Sertain struggled last week, but this Broncos secondary is actually pretty good overall, and again, up front is where the Broncos are going to win this matchup with their uh, defensive line, so I think Jaguars will have a little bit more offensive success and defensive uh, kind of inspiration than we expect here in their home opener, so Lawrence is going to keep them in the game for a while, grit it through in a reality way, but not looking at anything other than Robinson that I'm going to really uh, want to play from the Jaguars in this matchup. The Broncos look legitimate. They could come out of this game 2-0 for sure and uh, be a force in maybe the AFC West. But we also know that every team in the AFC West is undefeated after week one. All right, we'll get into our final six games of the week two schedule in our breakdowns here on uh, Matchup Thursday in our final two segments. But... Before we do that, i got to tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why do you do it? Often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning. And wait why the person may have a counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand the warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com, you'll find everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for you classic or you daily driver, get everything you need in a few e-clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and most important, prices you prefer. Save money on any part. They'll have any hard-to-find part. I've done that with my Ford C-Max, my Honda Accord. The most obscure part you can ask for, a side mirror cover or a console thing to cover in the middle of my car. They've had everything I've needed at rockauto.com. And best of all, as I mentioned, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and it's the same for professionals and do-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Like Doc, right locked on in there. How did you hear about this box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Find them at rockauto.com. 
All right, let's continue the show, breaking down the games of week number two. We go to the desert. Well, really, indoors in the desert. The Vikings, 0-1. The Cardinals, 1-0. What a throwdown by the Cardinals last week. Big, impressive performance. Kyler Murray lit it up in Tennessee. Three and a half point favorites at home. They returned to do that. 50 and a half. So we're expecting some points in this one. And so implied a close game here with the three and a half here. So the Vikings, uh, the issue is going to be pass protection. You're going to potentially have uh, Christian Derrissaw, their first round pick, a left tackle out again. That's not good for Red Hot, Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt. So up front, the Cardinals are going to get after it. They're going to get some mistakes from Cousins. They're going to pressure him into turnovers here. So I like the Cardinals again for second straight week. Uh, so... And Titans had to sh- uh, give us a little bit of trepidation there with their potent offense, but the Cardinals just kind of threw that down here by winning the battles up front. So Cardinals defense, you can look at their Kirk Cousins. I'm going to avoid for that reason. He could have multiple touchdowns, but I think you'll have multiple turnovers here in this game as well. So I don't really like uh, the ceiling here to really want to invest in uh, Cousins' floor. So not doing Cousins. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, you're in with them every week, as well as Dalvin Cook. So... Yeah, the principles there for the Vikings, those three not playing their defense. So, yep, just to keep it simple, Cook, Jefferson, Thielen. I see Cook as a solid RB1 as always. Uh, Thielen and Jefferson always high upside. A wide receiver twos with uh, wide receiver one potential like they had all of last year with their uh, scoring production for Minnesota. The Cardinals, uh, Kyler Murray, yeah, green light. He's going to light it up again at home against the Vikings who are, were... Really give him a lot of plays to Joe Burrow last week. Vikings defense really underachieved. So, like him, I like Chase Edmonds as a RB2 flex every week as well. Then, at wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver one. I think this is a week where you could look at Christian Kirk or Rondell Moore in a half-point or full-point PPR leagues as a wide receiver three flex options. Kirk is not going to score two touchdowns every week. We know he's that kind of player. can get hot and then disappear in the game plan. But they're going to use Kirk and Moore quite a bit interchangeably so you could do a lot worse in a PPR leaning leagues as a deep flex here so you're going to look there and again Edmonds and Murray I think their statuses are going to hold steady there as a RB2 QB1 throughout the season uh, just based on the production and uh, DeAndre right there as uh, the number one uh, wide receiver always in the top 12 for me he's never going to drop out of that so yeah, you like the Cardinals a lot in this game. The defense is going to come through. Three and a half, I think, is a small number. The Vikings, I don't think they're going to keep up quite a bit. So a lot of scoring could be on the Cardinals again, where the Vikings, I think, will underachieve here in this game, like I think they will all season fall to 0-2, while the Cardinals go to a strong 2-0 here in 2021. What a massive point spread we have in favor of the Buccaneers this week. 11.5, they're at home, 51.5, so... We have a couple higher uh, point totals here coming up that we'll talk about, so we're excited about those. But you look at the Bucs, uh, they're going to get the job done here. Tom Brady, green light, top five QB this week. He's going to light up the Falcons. There's no doubt about it. Jalen Hurts uh, had no problems throwing to wide receivers and tight ends. So I think this week Mike Evans gets going as well. There's no real shutdown corner for the Falcons. So he's not going to avoid throwing to Evans the way he did last week with Trayvon Diggs just because he had Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown better matchup. So Antonio Brown falls back to wide receiver three, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans co-wide receiver ones, I think. That's how good this matchup is against the Falcons. Uh, 
There, the backfield, if you need someone, I would go Leonard Fournette. They said Ronald Jones is the starter. I wouldn't trust the game script because I thought that could go in their favor against the Cowboys. So really about the hot hand, who's going to be the most complete back out there on the field the most and probably get the most touches regardless of situation. That is certainly Fournette versus Bernard or Ronald Jones. I think it has to be a perfect storm for either of those guys. They need to get down big for a lot of check downs and hurry up situations with Bernard. If they're still in the game, it's going to be Fournette in those situations. And they have to get uh, up big, and then they have to give it to Jones and not Fournette to close games. So a lot of uh, factors there. So Fournette, if you're desperate, I think you can look at him as a flex play this week. I wouldn't raise the Bucks backs any higher than that status at any point this season. The RB2 in a pinch, but not in this case here for the Bucks. So good matchup for sure. We know that for uh, Tampa. They're definitely going to pass it to get a lead here. So... We like uh, Evans, we like Godwin, we like Brown, Gronkowski is now back showing us that he belongs as a tight end one every week. It wasn't a timeshare and splitting uh, touches and all that. He's going to be boomer bust a little bit with the scoring and the big plays, but Tom Brady is going to do whatever he wants in this game. They're going to put up the numbers. So would it be shocking if the Bucks got most of that 51.5 by themselves? No, it wouldn't. That's how good this offense is. That's how bad the Falcons defense is. Now I'm going in. Now Matt Ryan actually liked in this game. I know the Bucks defense can be intimidating, but they're weak in the secondary. They're two edge pass rushers. A little hurting coming into this game. Pass production wasn't all that good for step, for Ryan last week, but he rebounds. Calvin Ridley against the secondary will do work. We'll also see Kyle Pitts maybe get his first touchdown as the hybrid tight end there for the Falcons. So am I going to Russell Gage or Olamide Zacchaeus or any of these guys? No. Sticking with the principles, let's see if they can get going here in Ridley and Pitts. Uh, were contained by the Eagles last week. So there's going to be some garbage we know for Ridley in the volume in the second half that we didn't get against the Eagles. I think that will come in this game. Familiar foe here in the division. That always helps. So Matt Ryan puts up some numbers here with his main guys, Ridley and Pitts. Not trusting anything in his backfield. Mike Davis, Corderell Patterson. Maybe we'll see Wayne Gallman active at some point here soon for the Falcons if Davis continues to look bad. So nothing there in the Falcons running game against the Bucks number one run defense. And the Bucks defense, you can look to get after Ryan a little bit as well. Because he'll have volume, he'll have the touchdowns, but there also could be some big mistakes here for the Falcons quarterback. The next game, the last one we'll talk about, one of the marquee games of the 425 window, is the Cowboys and Chargers. The Chargers are three and a half point home favorites here, 55 and a half. So this ties for the highest point total here in the second half of games uh, with the Chiefs-Ravens uh, Sunday night affair between Patrick Holmes and Lamar Jackson. So expecting a lot of points between Dak Prescott here and Justin Herbert. Big news for the Cowboys, they lose Demarcus Lawrence with a foot injury. So he'll be out up to eight weeks here. So no pass rush already for the Cowboys. They made Brady really comfortable. Justin Herbert's going to have all day to throw. It's going to be night and day. Facing the Cowboys front without Lawrence, then facing the Washington front with Chase Young and having to account for him. So a lot of opportunities here for Herbert. I think he goes back to his usual QB1 status after really dropping well beyond QB2 last week. So big game for Herbert. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, like all those guys, roll them out. Jared Cook as well. Uh, they're going to all get theirs in this game as well as Austin Eckler out of the backfield. I do like Larry Roundtree, the rookie running back, but it's going to be hard for him to carve out a consistent role here. So Chargers are going to pass as much as possible to take advantage of the Cowboys. So your main guys, Allen, Eckler, Williams, Cook, doing some real damage here with Justin Herbert. And I do like the Cowboys to win the game. I think they'll be, they'll be a little bit more desperate here and come out with Dak Prescott. The Chargers defense played pretty well in Washington in the second half when 
Taylor Heineke came in. There were some things that opened up here. So between C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and then a little bit of Ezekiel Elliott running in the backfield, Antonio Gibson did have some success running on the charter. So I think you'll see a little bit more of a balanced attack here. They have to be a little bit more balanced because they can't just get into shootouts all the time the way state of their defense, especially without Lawrence in there to rush the passer. They've got to get ahead of teams and run. So I think you'll see a little bit of overcorrection there with Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's going to get at least 15 to 20 effective touches in this game. Good chance to score and uh, be involved in the passing game for this one to help. Now, they're going to have a few more checkdowns here without uh, Michael Gallup. So you have Cooper, you have Lamb. They're both uh, like the Bucks do, kind of like wide receiver one, two borderlines every week. So they're fine. But I think you'll see a little bit of more Elliott usage here. Tony Pollard, we didn't see a lot even uh, when they were trailing and not really passing. Remember, Elliott is a very good uh, pass protector. He's just reliable to be out there on the field whenever you need him. So I think he'll get used a lot more in the field this week. So bounce back game for Elliott. Lamb and Cooper keep it up here against this Chargers secondary. Dak Prescott, always in the top 12 right now based on the volume of his offense and the talent and the weapons. So yeah, higher scoring game of the week. We're going to not be disappointed at all when the Cowboys and Chargers uh, light up in another uh, big game there, another team opening with fans at SoFi Stadium. All right, uh, we do have to talk about uh, three more games, Titans-Seahawks, then the two primetime games to end the week, Sunday Night Chiefs-Ravens, Monday Night Lions-Packers. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the Gridirons teams back to start another football season. Always Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action of the season. With the new updated site interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website, use a mobile device, time today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From ba- football, basketball, boxing, right down to your Vegas fi- casino games that you love, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Again, use that promo code NFL100 for that 100% welcome bonus here to get in on the action. Right now, there's a lot of time to play at BetOnline. All right, three more matchups to break down, and then we're out of here for this edition of Matchup Thursday. Titans and Seahawks, 53.5 is the number at Seattle. The Titans... uh, debacle against the Cardinals, so it could be a similar debacle this week. Four and a half point favorites the Seahawks are in Seattle. So Seattle used to have a bigger home field advantage there, but we haven't seen it quite a bit of late. But the crowd should be back. They should be raucous. That's going to help the Seahawks in this one. Let's start with the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, automatic here. So Lockett, I think, falls back into wide receiver two. Metcalf bumps up into wide receiver one. Russell Wilson always, again, in the top 12 is a QB1 on the higher end for sure. Chris Carson, no Rashad Penny. He's got a calf injury. He's once again down. So Carson gets his backfield to himself. Pretty good game we saw from uh, Edmonds of the Cardinals against the Titans. So, yeah, Carson's in your lineup as an RB2 like he is every week here. Do I extend to the tight ends? If you need uh, a Gerald Everett or Will Disley, more so Everett than Disley because he's really the better skilled tight end of the two. He's the one that found the end zone last week. You can look at him and the Cardinals didn't really throw the tight end so you can't see much there, but there's room for a third and fourth receiver possibly for the Seahawks to step up here. D. Eskridge also could miss the game, the rookie that they love uh, with a concussion, so that should help uh, the tight ends get them to feel a little bit more for Shane Waldron. So, 
you can look at that. I mean, you look at the Cardinals again. They got DeAndre Hopkins going. They got uh, Christian Kirk going. And you also had uh, some pretty good production for Rondell Moore. So Seahawks third target. Best bet for that is Gerald Everett in this matchup if you need him after scoring in Indianapolis in week one. So Seahawks defense also can play. The state of the Titans looks pretty bad. The Seahawks really got after it against the Colts and uh, Carson Wentz last week. So that should carry over to home. Jamal Adams and company making plays. The biggest thing is going to be the Seahawks jump on the Titans so they play with a lead and can tee off because the Titans are not a good trailing team. We know that because it takes away their play action, takes away a lot of their effectiveness in the game for Ryan Tannehill. So, yeah, the Titans' offense just not feeling really good here, comfortable. Ryan Tannehill, you can bench for sure once again. Let's see a little bit more in this uh, Arthur Smithless offense before we want to go back to Tannehill. A.J. Brown is in your lineup, uh, but you have to look at him now as a wide receiver 2-3 borderline at best here with the issues in the passing game. The blocking was terrible last week. Derrick Henry, you're still going to play, but we drop him down to RB2 status until he can get going here and uh, the Titans can stay in the game so he's not out of the game. So, yeah, that, Julio Jones, I think he's benchable. We didn't see enough of him out there. He didn't look good at all when he was out there against the Cardinals. So, not going there much here. So, Brown and Henry, get them in. Disappointing matchup. You're going to be probably underwhelmed with their production once again. Maybe not as bad as last week, but a little bit better here uh, for them, but that's about it here from the Titans' uh, main guys, and their defense is terrible. You're not looking them at all on the road at Russell Wilson. All right, Chiefs-Ravens is the next one. That is the marquee game of the week by far. 55.5 is the point total. 3.5, the Chiefs are favored. The road team here, the Ravens, coming off a long overtime, disappointing, emotional Lost there, blowing a big lead against the Las Vegas Raiders out in the desert. Now they come back home for their opener, have to face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, who raced a 22-10 deficit against the Browns there. So all the momentum uh, is going with the Chiefs. Nothing really has to give here. They've dominated this matchup between uh, John Harbaugh and Andy Reid and Lamar Jackson and Mahomes. So everything, again, pointing Chiefs. Now what does that mean for fantasy football? We're still going to get a lot of points, so don't worry about that. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Kill, all elite options again for you this week. That Ravens secondary still banged up quite a bit, missing some key pieces. Marcus Peters is not coming back. We'll see about Jimmy Smith. They had to blitz a lot. They lost Matthew Judon in the pass rush. So that you blitz against Patrick Mahomes in desperation, he's going to destroy you. So Tyreek Kill, Travis Kelsey, another big game for them. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, we'll see. I don't love the matchup here. You could sit him, but he's a high-drafted guy. You're looking at him as an RB2 but I think he's more of a flex-type value player this week. The Ravens are still pretty good against the run. A lot more vulnerable against the pass, given their pass rush depletion, secondary issues, and uh, having to be really blitz-dependent there. So do I see a third person emerging from the Chiefs? I don't know who that is. We Can wait for Michael Hardman? No. I look at just it being the Hill-Kelsey show here with Mahomes and him spreading the ball around to everyone else. Edwards Lair again, temporary expectations. They need more checkdowns to him. I think it's starting to come, maybe, but we'll have to wait and see. I think he has a good chance to get a touchdown here, but that's hope what you're hoping for now, because the yardage and usage are not exactly what you want there. For the Chiefs, Harrison Butker, you can put in. I'm going to avoid the defense with Lamar Jackson on the other side, not going there, but Butker, kicker, is your reliable guy here in this game, as well as Justin Tucker on the other side. So two of the best, really the two best fantasy football kickers in this game with Tucker. 
For the Ravens, you're playing Lamar Jackson. It was a tough finish last week. He had the multiple turnovers. Uh, that hurt. He had a very good rushing day, but if he had had one more touchdown and without those turnovers, it would be a typical Lamar Jackson high-end day without even trying. So Lamar bounces back. There's going to be volume for sure. You look at the spread, that's implying a high point total for both teams here. So Marquise Brown dealing with an ankle injury, but he'll be good to go here. And looking hot in the Ravens offense with uh, Rashad Bateman, Miles Boykin, and Sammy Watkins, more of a complimentary receiver. So Marquise Brown, like him again this week, is a wide receiver three. Not going to force myself into Sammy Watkins. In the backfield, Tyson Williams is certainly recommended here for you in week two. But worry about the pass protection a little bit. He's their best pass catcher of the backfield, so it's a little bit of balancing act they have to do. They want to keep the dangerous threat of the back, but they also don't want to expose him in a passing situation. So that's always tricky with young running backs. Tyson Williams, Latavius Murray, both worthy plays here in uh, different respects more as a flex plays against this uh, Chiefs defense that struggles against the run. We saw that with the combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt producing against the Chiefs last week. So there's all that. So trust the backfield there. You're going to look at Mark Andrews. I think he'll have a better game with Travis Kelsey on the other side of the field. Two of the highest paid tight ends of the league and not named George Kittle. So we'll see that develop here. Andrews has a bounce back game. Brown stays hot here. Lamar has his uh, better bounce back game as well here for the Ravens. And stop playing the Ravens defense because they're named the Ravens defense. They're not very good and they're facing Mahomes. Let's drop them and move on at this point. Not reputation is going to get you fantasy football points. It's going to be actual execution. And we didn't see what we liked from the Ravens against the Raiders and it's not going to change upgrading from Derek Carr to Patrick Mahomes as their opponent. Another big point spread we have to break down here. It's Monday Night Football. That's the final game we'll break down. 11.5 point favorites the Packers are over the Lions. 48.5. So Packers are pretty sturdy favorites in Jacksonville against the Saints last week. We know that worked out terribly. That should tell us they're ready to rebound big time. That's where that number is building in 11.5. We know what the Lions did last week. Backdoor covered that 8.5 there against the 49ers, but that was at home. This is in Green Bay, Green Bay, Lambeau Field. The Packers usually rebound big from terrible performances when they're on the non-frozen tundra here with uh, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. So, it is there. So, Aaron Rodgers going to light up the Lions, uh, give you that QB1 status that you expected last week. It's going to come this week. Devontae Adams going to have a bigger game as a top three wide receiver for you this week. Aaron Jones also going to get going along with A.J. Dillon. So a lot of opportunity. The Lions defense is totally awful. And no Jeff Fukuda, the young corner, he's down for the season. So a lot of opportunity for whatever Aaron Rodgers wants to do with this offense. So, again, you can keep going down here. Aaron Jones uh, and Adams locked in his elite options. You have uh, Robert Tunyon is going to come back to relevance here as a tight end and find the end zone. That's what he does. That's going to happen here against the Lions this week. So Tunyon back into tight end one status. And uh, Dylan, you can look at as a flex. They're going to use him enough and they could have the positive game script in the second half where it's a lot of Dylan versus uh, Jones in the lineup uh, once they take care of business here. So I expect the backers to come through. Everything that was disappointing and terrible about them against the Saints, that all gets corrected this week. So think of it as the opposite. You can also look at the Packers defense. Primetime emotional bump of playing at home. They have a good secondary there. Unlike the 49ers, that's why they got the leaked on and got the Lions back in the game. Packers have Jared Alexander, pretty good pass rush there against Jared Goff. So that's going to help them stay in control, keep the positive game script. 
but also give them opportunities to uh, make sacks and uh, takeaways that are going to get them fantasy football relevance this week that we thought they could have last week. It's going to come to fruition this week. For the Lions, if you really need Jared Goff, you can look at him as a potential streamer. He's going to have some high volume here, we know, in this game. So there's that. That's what you're going to base Goff's value on, volume, volume, volume. How, how much can he get the ball to TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, and Jamal Williams and other weapons there to produce in garbage time? So if you really need Goff and his Cal versus Cal matchup of QBs between him and Aaron Rodgers, you can go there. But I don't think you do. But in two QB leagues, Superflex, Goff is definitely viable every week just by volume alone here for the Lions. So TJ Hawkinson locked in as the elite tight end one. DeAndre Swift, so much for all the drama about him playing. He still had a very dynamic, important role. At very worst, he's an RB2. You look at uh, Jamal Williams as a flex-type play here with his usage not going away. The former Packer also going to be a bit motivated in this game. So... I expected a pretty good uh, performance all around by the Packers. Lions doing some cosmetic work in the second half to give us some pleasing numbers with their main guys, Hawkinson, Swift, and Williams. All right, that's your matchup Thursday. We've broken down all the games now. If you missed any of the first half of the game breakdowns, check it out on Matchup Wednesday. Here's this show. Again, lineup Friday is how we close it, looking at DFS, injury updates, other things you need to know going in the weekend. If there's something notable about TNF, we'll also have that for you between the Giants and Washington. So all that coming up. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. For this edition of Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. See you tomorrow to wrap up the week before Sunday. And uh, good luck if you have players going on Thursday night football between the Giants and Washington.